and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland and I'm so excited to be here. Happy New Year! 2021 is finally here and let's hope it's a more positive year than the previous one. We wanted to start out this year on the podcast in a way that's both inspiring and motivating and that included some of our favorite things playing with fabric, and meeting new quilting friends. So, we're starting the show by giving some tips for organizing and decluttering your fabric stash. We promise that it's a no-fail plan, and we'll have you thinking about your fabric and your sewing space in a whole new way. Then, we chat with the three amazing ladies from Color of Connection Quilt, a nonprofit that's doing all they can to bring together quilters from different races, genders, and backgrounds through a common love of sewing. So let's dive in. January is one of my favorite times of year. I just love organizing and decluttering and having that fresh start. Since I've started quilting, I've made it a habit to declutter and organize my fabric stash each year. For me, I find that I feel most creative in a clean space and one where I know what fabric I have and how it's organized. Now, every year is a different experience for me. There are some years where I just kind of end up refolding fabric or doing a little tidying. But last year, for instance, I think I got rid of about 30 yards of fabric and I came up with a completely different organization system in my space. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's all personal. But over the years, I have found some basic steps and tips that have worked for me that I wanted to share today. So I really hope that these general guidelines help you feel inspired to tackle your fabric organization and see your space and your fabric stash in new ways. So to start, you're going to schedule your declutter. Put it on your calendar. I suggest blocking off at least 30 minutes at a time so that you can make real progress and kind of get into the weeds with it. I like to do my declutter on the weekends, so I'll always block off a few hours each weekend to just solely work on my fabric organization. Overall, you'll find that you'll make better decisions when you work uninterrupted, so it's a good idea to set some boundaries with your family so that you can concentrate on the task at hand. This may mean sticking a movie in for the kids to watch, sending your significant other to the grocery store, or even just closing the door of your sewing room so that you're kind of away from whatever else may be happening in your home, just away from those distractions. Next, you want to get in the right headspace. If you're like me, decluttering may provide you with you know energy and happiness. I just love doing it. 
but many people actually find the decluttering experience a really stressful and potentially emotional one. And that's why it's so important to set yourself up for success by making it fun. Play some music or listen to an audiobook. Maybe light a candle. Make a fun snack or drink. Or FaceTime a friend for support if you need it. Approaching this decluttering time with a positive mindset will keep you from feeling just so drained during the process and it will keep you open to where this process may lead. Next, you want to gather your supplies. Keep it simple when you're decluttering. If you have too many boxes or bags or labels, it'll only make the process harder and more complicated and it will take up more space in your room. So keeping your supplies simple just allows you to concentrate on what you're really doing, which is sorting your fabric. So here are a few items that I use when decluttering. Uh, I have boxes and bags to hold sorted items. I have permanent markers and some paper to make labels. I may have a scissors around, although a lot of times since I'm in my sewing room, I will just use my uh, rotary cutter if I need to cut things or trim things. And then I always have just a garbage can and a recycling bin handy. So once you've gathered all your supplies, you're going to start organizing. So I work in an ordered fashion. Yes, I know that sounds so annoying that even the system that I use for decluttering has to be organized too. <laughs> but if you jump around from area to area, you'll, you may lose track of what's been done. So here's how I work in my space. I work clockwise in my room and I go top to bottom and I work shelf by shelf or drawer by drawer. So you'll probably find a logical way to do that in your own space. Like if you look around, there's probably an easy way to kind of organize how you're going to do it. I also find that if I tackle too big of an area at a time, such as trying to tackle an entire bookshelf or a whole closet, I can get really overwhelmed and I also run out of space to lay things out and see things. So really taking it just one little area at a time is best, um, it keeps you, you know, uh, from getting overwhelmed and just, you know, sometimes if you're having a hard time going through your fabric, uh, just having that one little area to tackle each day can really help you overcome some of the struggles you're feeling. And then if you have to break for the day, just make sure you come back right to where you left off the next time you are decluttering your space. Okay. Now we're getting into the thick of it. We're actually going to touch our fabrics and decide what we're keeping. <laughs> so I have a little mantra when I do this, which is touch once, decide once. Um, so let me explain a little bit more about what I mean. So decluttering involves deciding to keep fabric or let go of the fabric. So the main thing you'll be doing through this process is picking up or touching an item and asking, should I keep this? Uh, if you instantly know something needs to stay or go, because uh, sometimes I think you just have that gut feeling about something like you love it or you don't even know why you own it, um, you don't have to overanalyze anything. Just go with your gut. That's always what you should do. Um, 
And just remember, the point of this process is not to get rid of all your fabric. That's not what we're saying <laughs> that this process is it's about. It's, it's really learning to love every piece of fabric you own and find a storage system that works for it. And I just find that touching something and going through every piece of fabric I own really helps me to figure out the best way to do that. So if you don't know right away whether you want to keep or get rid of your fabric, just place it in a separate pile and just keep moving through the process. You don't want to get stuck on one piece of fabric and have that eat away all your time. And then I will just save the last 10 to 15 minutes um, of my time each, each time I do it to deal with that pile of kind of questionable items. <laughs> okay, there are some exceptions to these rules though. So if you're working with fabric that you have a very emotional attachment to, such as um, maybe fabric you received from a friend when she died, something you bought on a meaningful vacation, or maybe something that was passed down through generations, you should really avoid touching the items. So try to have a family member hold up the item for you to look at when you're making your decisions. Uh, you may want to keep all of it, and that's totally fine. Um, but if you don't want the items, but you're still kind of struggling to get rid of them because of that emotional attachment, um, maybe you could take a picture of the item to kind of remember those fabrics. And you can, you know, look back at that photo when you're just wanting to remember the memories attached to it. Um, you might also be able to donate them to a sewing charity or organization or someone who's going to use them to make charity projects so that you'll know that these fabrics are just being used to better others' lives. Sometimes those things can help you let go of things you, you're, you're sad about letting go of, but um, you don't want to take up space in your room. Okay, so if you don't have that gut feeling about it, and you set it in this other pile of things to deal with at the end, <laughs> how do you decide what to do later? I have a few questions that I use to kind of determine, you know, if I'm struggling to figure out if fabric should stay or go. So the first is, do you love it? You should never, ever, ever, ever get rid of fabric that you love. You will only regret it. Is the fabric the right size? So many quilters save scraps of fabric for their quilts, but if the size of the fabric is awkward or it's too small for the types of projects you're making or, or you don't save scraps at all, it may be fabric you want to donate. And here's an example of that. Sometimes I, I find a lot of times when you're cutting things for maybe foundation paper piecing or with curves, you'll get these weird shapes of fabric <laughs> that, that kind of have these unusable, really skinny pieces places or a, a lot of bias on the bias fabric or just kind of an awkward shape where if you ever were going to cut into it for another project, you just wouldn't have enough to really do anything with. I always just put those aside and I will just cut those up into scraps for my scrap bin. They don't need to be taking up room on my shelves. Okay, another question. Will you use it? So I think this is sometimes the hardest question to consider when you're going through your fabric because it means confronting your expectations for your sewing life and what you'll realistically sew. So here's an example. I had this little bundle of fat quarters that were farm themed. They were very, very cute. And I live in Iowa, so you know, we're surrounded by farms. And I think I kind of got 
seduced in the store by how cute these fabrics were, and, and I bought them. Um, but it's been a few years, and I've never touched them. I've never even thought about using them in a fabric, and every time I look at them, I just think they're taking up space on my shelf. <laughs> so I just decided to let them go. Um, they're just not my style. I'm not going to use them, so I just donated them. And yes, it was sad because I did spend money on it, um, and I felt guilty giving it away, but it went to a better home, and it's going to be loved and used, and now I have space on my shelves for something that I will actually use in my project. So a lot of times, like, this will you use that question is hard because even if you really like the fabric, if you're never going to use it, it's not serving a purpose in your space. And then the last question I kind of ask myself is, am I trapped by my pre-cuts? <laughs> So don't be afraid to separate your pre-cut bundles. So, uh, you know, for instance, if you only love, you know, half of the fabrics in a fabric corner bundle, but you'll never use the others, you can separate them and keep what you love and donate the others. I know for a while, I feel like every fat corner bundle I was buying came with a panel print, and I'm just not a panel person, and they're kind of thicker on the shelf. I just took my bundles apart and got rid of those panels. Uh, or maybe at one point you were kind of obsessed with mini charm squares. Um, I'm not pointing fingers, but I was one of those people and I owned maybe like 30 to 40 mini charm little packs that I had on display. Um, but I never touched them. So I actually just added them all to my scrap bin. Um, and now they're not taking up, you know, guilty space on my shelves. So just remember that. You know, just because they're packaged in a pretty bundle doesn't mean they belong in your space. Um, another example of this is sometimes I'll buy uh, pre-cut bundles of um, like just, you know, tone on tones or solids that are just different colors. Well, I never remember to look at my fat quarter bundles when I'm picking up fabrics for a quilt. I always look at the rest of my fabrics, which are organized by color. So now if I buy something like that where I necessarily aren't planning to use that collection together, I will just take it apart right away and put it on the shelves in color order where they belong so that I'm actually using it and remembering I have those fabrics. So those are just some of the questions I think through when I'm deciding about what fabrics or collections to keep. Next, now that you've decided what you're keeping and what's going, you can put things back where they belong. So at this point, I always like to clean the space with a, you know, a wipe or a little duster, and then I put the items away. So I will also, at this time, refold fabric if I need to, clip any loose threads, and just stack things neatly. Um, I think this is the most rewarding part of the process because you can actually see a difference the decluttering process has made. Um, and don't be afraid of empty space. Uh, that space may get filled later in the process, as you'll see, or it'll just save room to grow with things you love in the future. So never feel like you have to shove your fabric so tightly in the space that you, you have nowhere to go from here. So once we've made it through this process um, of touching all our fabrics in our whole space, now it's time to reevaluate and view our sewing space as a whole. So now that your space contains the fabrics you will love and will use, you can decide the best use of the space. So here are a few 
things you might encounter when you're decluttering. Did you make enough room on a shelf to move fabric from a drawer or a closet to that space? Did you find similar fabrics in multiple places around your room? This happens to me with my holiday or Christmas fabrics all the time. I put them on the shelf in color order, and then I decide that I actually want to store them with my Christmas fabrics, which are somewhere else in my space. So maybe you'll find that you have these little subgroups of, fa of fabrics that you actually want to store together. So maybe you do have the room to do that now. Or maybe you freed up space in your room to make things work better for you. Like maybe it's an empty drawer next to your sewing machine that you can use for scraps. Or maybe it's a spot in your closet to store all your works in progress now. So now that you kind of see what you're working with and you have this space, how can you move things around on, you know, based off how you're using it, how you're picking fabrics, um, where you want to store things to make it better for you? So just move things around in your space as needed, um, and then we're almost done. So the last part of this process is to get rid of your donation pile. You gotta get it out of the house because the longer you have that fabric in your home, the more you'll see it, you'll look at it and think, now why am I getting rid of this? I know I've done that before and I've always regretted it. I've taken the fabric back. I, you know, I see it sitting there and I'm like, well, you know, I may use this and it goes back on my shelf and then I never use it. <laughs> so if it's larger yardage pieces or maybe it's pre-cut bundles, you may consider selling it. Um, or if you frequently go to maybe a quilt retreat or you belong to a quilt guild, I know sometimes there's like a free or a trade table. We have one at work, so we're constantly swapping fabrics there. Um, and then your friends can find joy in what you're discarding. Or if you want fabric to go towards charity projects or teaching purposes, uh, we actually have some suggestions we can link to in the show notes so that you can find places to donate. So that's my process. Hopefully I didn't overwhelm anyone. I, I promise this is so doable. Every time I do it, I feel so refreshed in my space and I just, I fall in love with my fabrics all over again and I just feel so energized to start new projects and use my stash in fun ways. Now if this is your first time doing a declutter like this, it may be hard and it may take a long time. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but, that, but if this is something you do regularly, it may only take a few hours. Um, but most of all, I hope you make the process work for you and make it a positive experience. Also, just a little note, I'm starting my own sewing room declutter this weekend. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, my handle is at lindsmayland, it's L-I-N-D-S-M-A-Y-L-A-N-D. Um, I'll probably be posting some, you know, before and after photos or maybe even sharing some posts from the messy middle of this declutter. So I hope you feel free to stop by and ask questions or share your own organization tips. Now we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, I'll be chatting with the three amazing ladies from Color of Connection Quilt. Hey folks, it's Hunter Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Food & Wine. This fall, we're launching the new Food & Wine Classic in Charleston with our partners at Southern Living and Travel and Leisure, and we want to see you there. This incredible three-day culinary experience will showcase the hospitality, food, drinks, and culture of one of our favorite cities in the country. Join us September 27th to 29th to learn more from iconic chefs, 
share a glass with innovative wine experts, and get to know Charleston with one-of-a-kind experiences curated by the experts at Food & Wine, Southern Living, and Travel and Leisure. Tickets are on sale now at foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. That's foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. See you down in Charleston. Welcome back. A few days ago, I had the pleasure of chatting with the three ladies of Color of Connection Quilt. Kiana, Michelle, and Porphyria are absolute lights in this quilting world and are spreading so much love and joy to quilters from all walks of life. So please enjoy our chat. Okay, so to start, I think just because we haven't done a podcast in a while where there's been more than one other person, uh, so why don't each of you maybe share a little bit about yourselves, about your quilting life, your businesses, and then our listeners can kind of hear your voices and kind of start to picture who each of you are. Okay, I'm Michelle. Um, some people call me Mish. My handle on Instagram is Mish Quilts. Um, I've got two little girls. They're three and one. And I, I think that was kind of the biggest reason I started quilting was when I kind of jumped into motherhood. And quit my full-time job and realized I needed a hobby and really fell in love and, like, haven't looked back. Um, So I spent a lot of time mostly just making as many quilts as possible. Um, I've kind of dabbled in some pattern writing, some courses, um, different things here and there. But I just love the actual, like, act of making with my hands so much. Um, So, yeah, um, pretty simple. Like, I've been probably quilting for three to four years now. Um, kind of turned it into a little business and it's been just bringing me so much joy and so much life and I'm excited for this new chapter with these ladies and these friendships like I just continue to like make new friends on Instagram through quilting it's so cool Um, but yeah I don't that's just like a little bit but that's me (laughs) I'm Kiana um, otherwise known as collective quilts on Instagram Um, I got started quilting back in 2017 um, after my mother-in-law gifted me my very first sewing machine. Um, It's been a treat um, over the past four, three, what is this, almost four years (laughs) um, of just learning to quilt, making the connections and making the friendships. From a business standpoint, um, I don't, I don't really want to call collective quilts a business. I kind of feel like it's still a friendship <laughs> and a camaraderie and a way to just share my love for quilting with everyone. Um, and the best part about everything is that I was able to meet like Michelle and Porphyria. And now we have this whole um, nonprofit that we're starting. And then on a the personal aspect, um, the biggest accomplishment for me outside of the nonprofit would be um, becoming a baby lock ambassador over the, this just recently. So that's pretty exciting. So for 2021, there'll be more information or more things for me to share, I should say, in regards to that. Um, I'll have um, a free block that'll come out, a pattern that I hope to release two next year um, and then just continue to connect and share my love for quilting. So that's kind of the background on uh, collective quilts. Okay, my turn. <laughs> Hi, my name is Porphyria, Miss Porphyria on Instagram. Um, and I am, I've been a quilter, I want to say most of my life, but a serious quilter, I want to say the last um, 10 years. So for me, it started after I had my kids, I guess it got really involved a little more. 
um, when I had my boys um, because I started thinking about how my mom will make stuff for me and my brothers, and I wanted to do that for my kids, so I started quilting a little bit more. Um, I have a, a small business uh, I've had for a long time that I kind of dabble in and out, but now I'm kind of moving forward with um, some pattern designing and um, just creating some more um, content and ideas around quilting. Um, I've been so blessed to meet such amazing women on um, these platforms through my quilting, um, making great friendships like with Michelle and Kiana. Um, Michelle reached out to me and just a bubble of joy. <laughs> and um, Kiana, we all just collaborated and we're so excited to be launching um, this this new endeavor, this new beautiful baby that we created. So um, that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm a mom of boys. I have three amazing boys and uh, my amazing husband. We live here in Brooklyn, and I'm just taking every day um, as it comes. And I just had a birthday yesterday, so super excited about what's to come in the future for me. Thank you, guys. So as you guys kind of hinted, you three are the founders of The Color of Connection Quilt. Um, can you share just how you guys all connected? Because I think you all live in different parts of the country and kind of where this, this idea for this project came from. Yeah, um, I'll start a little bit and then you guys can fill in the gaps, I guess. Um, so I think it was this summer, maybe y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I kind of was looking at the quilting world in a new lens and kind of saw the lack of diverse representation and just like kind of the modern quilting industry. And I'm just kind of think, talking about Instagram at this point, because um, that's kind of where I get all my inspiration and where I buy my patterns, like everything is through Instagram. Um, and so I kind of just started thinking about like, why, why does it feel like that? And is it just me that sees that? So I started asking questions, but I started reaching out to Porphyria and we started chatting and um, brought Kiana in. And I think we kind of just decided like, the first thing we really wanted to do was do a quilt along. Like that was our first idea. Um, we wanted to bring people together in a time that was like just really hard. Um, we really wanted to bring community in around quilting and through the love of quilting um, in order to like have more connections and like see more people that maybe like you wouldn't have befriended on Instagram or something um, in order to like really hear different perspectives. Um, and I think we just kind of thought it'd be really cool um, to kind of get together and have this quilt along. And then I think it was after that, we kind of had to figure out what we were doing next with the nonprofit and the design and everything like that. But, um, yeah, we wanted to see more diversity and it's not just diversity in race, but also in age and gender and socioeconomic status. So I think when you hear of, Hey, I'm a quilter, you kind of expect like an old white woman. I mean, to be honest, like that's kind of what I had in my head. So, I kind of wanted to break the mold and I just wanted to see more people doing that. And so we kind of thought this would be a really cool way to kind of bring more people in and feel a little bit more comfortable in that space. But you guys want to add something to that? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like Michelle said, when we came together, um, we came to this, this summer has, I think 2020 has been just a very trying time for everybody uh, socially. Um, there's so many injustices that were taking place this year. Um, there's just so, it's, it's so heavy. And what was beautiful is that when Michelle came to me at this time, it was like just a, you know, a soul just saying, you know, 
there's a problem. I'm not seeing enough diversity. And for a person like me, that was amazing to have someone say, okay, yes, there's a problem. Let's come up with a solution. And um, when all three of us came together, it was like we just wanted everybody to enjoy this thing that we enjoy, which is quilting and creating and making things. Um, And quilting is very dear and near to our heart. When we got together on the call, the first thing we started talking about was how passionate we felt about quilting. And we all shared that same storyline of how much we care about making a difference, making a difference through our artwork. So it was just an amazing moment um, when we we were trying to find some way to donate, you know, our proceeds to um, some sort of foundation that was behind what we wanted to see, see the change happen. And it just evolved into a, you know, something amazing, which was creating this Color of Connection Foundation and, and giving everyone, like Michelle said, the opportunity, giving everybody the opportunity just to come together, no matter what race, gender, um, like socioeconomic situation you're in, no matter what, we're just going to come together over pieces of fabric and we're going to be connected and united. And um, that was just like just a, a, a boom of, of joy. So that was how it all started. And, like, I, I mean, I'm so excited every day we get together and talk about what's about to happen because the, the change needs to happen. And I think it's amazing that we're going to be a part of this change. The modern quilting world needs to see more diversity, needs to see, you know, more of us together. And, and it's just this is just what we wanted to do. To happen, so we're trying to bring it forward and make it happen. You want to jump in, Kiana? Um, you guys actually summed it up perfectly. <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot more to add um, than basically what you guys already said. I mean, I I think that's the beauty of quilting is that we can all connect, um, doing a common thing, all walks of life, all races, all classes, all genders. And so that, I mean, it's just amazing. And all the, when, as Porphyria hinted to, all of the tension in, in regards to race this summer um, built up, there was just an outpouring of support um, from not only Porphyria and Michelle, but just from the Instagram community in general. And so, um, it's been amazing. And so that's kind of how Color of Connection was born because we we realized that people want to help. People want to connect. People want to get outside of their bubble. And so I think Color of Connection um, Foundation Nonprofit is a great way to start to do that. And so we're just excited. So that's all really I, <laughs> I have to add. <laughs> love it. So yes, it's a nonprofit. And I love hearing kind of the thought process behind uh, color of connection and how it's meant to bring together and the idea of the quilt along, but you guys are also planning on hosting workshops. So do you want to explain maybe a little bit more about the workshops and, um, how that kind of fits into the overall mission? Yeah, um, totally. So the whole reason behind our workshops is, um, at one point I started doing, uh, teaching, uh, inner city kids in my area about, um, quilting. And a lot of people, like Michelle brought out earlier, have this stigma about who quilts, what type of, what does that person look like? I actually had a fun conversation recently 
with um, someone, and I mentioned, you know, I'm a quilter, and their their jaws dropped because they were like, uh, you don't look like a quilter. Like, that's an old lady thing. <laughs> so we wanted to just change that whole um, stigma. Like, it's like it's a fun, it's hip, it's, it's, it's a grand thing, and there's so much behind it. So we said, okay, workshops will be great to show, um, you know, kids that, you know, quilting is fun, and I'm in Bro I'm in the New York area, so I, I know there's so many opportunities to share the love of quilting. So we decided in our our designated areas that we were going to come together and hold workshops for children. Um, uh, I think it's we we did come up at one point with a plan like um, some. Michelle, you got to help me out. I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. But we're going to go to different parts of um, our towns and hold these workshops. I actually am going to be doing a workshop. And it's not with kids, but it's with women who have been abused. And they don't know too much about quilting. So in the process, that's going to be one of the workshops that I'm going to be doing just to bring together this connection and this love behind quilting. So, you know, they can feel the love and the, the joy out of making something. So we're looking for various groups that we're going to be doing it. Um, but, Michelle, you want to join in? I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly about what we, we decided. But the group, the, the group decision was to have workshops that everybody can learn a little bit and we can give something back to our communities, um, especially through the love of clothing. Yeah. Um here that was great but i think that's exactly what we're doing um i i think because we're we we're trying to find a nonprofit. the very beginning sorry i'm backing up we we're trying to find a nonprofit that aligned with what we were like our close along was kind of like signifying um we kind of kept coming up empty and i remember porfiri talking about these workshops and i don't remember if it was porfiri or Kian that was like why don't why don't we just start a nonprofit and just do that <laughs> and all three of us kind of just like looked at each other we're like uh what sure yeah let's do it um and and then it's just kind of been one one step after another of like you know doing all the government paperwork all that stuff but i mean it's kind of just been falling into place which is so cool and i think just what Porfiri said of like there's something about actually making a quilt with your hands it's so therapeutic and like very it just brings a lot of life to somebody you know what no matter where that person is in their life um and i think it's gonna be really cool like each um, all three of us are going to be hosting a workshop. We're starting small, so just one workshop each year in each city. Um, so I'm right outside of Atlanta, and we're all kind of going to be targeting, like, different groups. Um, I actually have a background working uh, with the child welfare system here, and I've worked in the foster care system before. And um, there's um, a group home of girls that are teenage girls, and they're always looking just to, like, learn things and make things. And so they're going to be coming to our workshop here and I'm just so excited because, I mean, obviously, like, they've endured some trauma in their life. But to come to a place and to have connection and community with people over making and learning a brand new skill, using their hands, and then walking home, like, in the day with a quilt, where I think we're going to be making a whole quilt top in a day. And then they can walk home with their very own quilt. And I'm just so excited. Um, and then hopefully, I mean, like, the hope is that, like, we're bringing more diverse people into the quilting world and it's and it's not it doesn't you don't there's no like you don't have to be a certain age or a certain race or a certain have a certain amount of money like i just i want more people 
to come into the quilting world that are more diverse. Um, I just think that'd be really cool and make the quilting world even more beautiful with all this inspiration and all these people adding to their, adding their own perspective to it. I just think, I mean, I just feel like I'm getting excited about the impact it's going to have, but that's kind of the heart behind the workshops. Um, Kiana, you want to talk about kind of what you're doing for your workshop? Um, sure. Uh, I think Porphyria and Michelle summed it up perfectly. Um, in here, and I'm in a small town outside of Columbus, Ohio. So our, well, the workshop that'll be held here will probably be in Columbus proper and not in the little area that I live in. But, um, and I'm hoping to kind of target more of your inner city um, aspects here in Columbus, whether it's um, youth or like like Michelle and Porphyria said, I mean, I would love to do the younger generation just to introduce them. And so they don't have that mindset that quilting is old white ladies, <laughs> as we all think, um, because I get that now. Like I work at a, um, our local children's hospital as a nurse practitioner and I'll tell some of my coworkers I quilt and they're like, what? what you quilt <laughs> and I get like you know funny looks and I'm yeah, like yep yeah. I sure do <laughs> um so I believe that it's just breaking that that mindset that only a certain person can quilt because it's not it's not that so that's what I plan on doing here um, I'm hoping to use one of our rec centers um next year and bringing together those the younger inner city kids um and it doesn't have to be kids if someone showed up and they're 50 they can come quilt like there's going to be no there's no discrimination <laughs> you know what i mean there's no certain requirements um the i just hope COVID will allow us all to do these workshops next year um so let's cross our fingers and hope that 2021 it starts off a little bit better than 2020. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I have good feelings about 2021. <laughs> hey, it's Lindsay. Sorry to interrupt, but we need to take a quick ad break. Hang tight because you don't want to miss more from this interview. January 1st, your quilt along pattern launches. Um, so let's let's switch gears and kind of talk about the quilt. So I think it is such a beautiful and unique quilt. But can you talk a little bit about where the design inspiration came from? Me and Michelle, when we first started out, we were trying to come up with a pattern. And then Michelle came to me and was like, take it away, Michelle, because this is your... <laughs> You have this part. Yeah. I'm gonna let Michelle go. It does it does feel so backwards because we, we wanted to do a quilt along, but we didn't have a quilt. <laughs> um so we were like kind of scrambling. We we're like, we need we need to design a quilt. Like what are we gonna do? Um so we just started looking for inspiration like anywhere and everywhere. Um online, in our lives, like in murals, like everywhere. Um we just kinda went back and forth and nothing really stuck. And then I was stumbled across across a jewelry designer here in Atlanta. She does beadwork. Um, and it's stunning. And I, I think I've seen it a couple times and I couldn't get, there was like this image of these earrings and I was like, that is stunning. And then I just kind of reached out to her and I didn't think really, wasn't really expecting a reply back. And I was like, Hey, um, this is the project we're working on. I'm really inspired by your earrings. Would we have your permission to turn this into a quilt? Um, and of course she was like, Oh yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and she was just very much like, make sure, you know, like you donate the proceeds to a nonprofit, you know, so it's, it kind of all lined up of like, oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do anyways. Like, this is so cool. And what I'm most excited about is she ha has always wanted to learn to quilt. And so she's actually going to learn to quilt on her, her own, like pattern, basically on her own design. 
Um, so we kind of made it our own, but I feel like it just fit really well with kind of all of our styles and it's just very geometric, um, modern and clean. Oh my gosh. And I love it. It's one of my favorite quilts like I've ever made and it, it can be really fast. It's beginner friendly. It kind of checked all the boxes for us. Um, and I continue to fall more in love with it. Um, so yeah, it came from inspiration from a local jewelry designer here in Atlanta. Um, her name is Erica, and she's on Instagram at On the Lookout Jewelry. Um, and her stuff is incredible. It's so beautiful. I just got one of her bracelets for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's a nice gift. <laughs> so the pattern is out January 1st for the quilt along, and the quilt along starts February 1st. So tell our listeners how they can get involved, what can they expect, what do they need to know? So, yes, as you said, the pattern comes out Friday, yay. Um, January 1st, you can head over to www.colorofconnectionquilt.com um, and um, donate, we'll ask for a purchase or a donation for the pattern there. Um, and then the quilt along starts February 1st and it lasts for the entire month of February. Um, we have some great, amazing, prizes like I can't wait to share like we have some really really good ones there's a really big one so everyone needs to participate in the quilt along because I think the best prize is at the end I think we're gonna do it at the end but either way there's some good prizes we've been so fortunate to be able to work with some wonderful companies um, and get amazing prizes um, to be able to give away so um, stay tuned. We're going to have some discussion questions to kind of facilitate connection and get everybody talking during the quilt along because that's the whole purpose of Color of Connection quilt. Um, so, yes. And then they, we do have Michelle at Mish Quilts will have, um, or she has them for sale now, has um, bundles, um, quilt kits. Uh, that are already ready to go for each of our colorways. So there's a Kiana colorway, a Miche, and then a Porphyria colorway. Um, and then I believe Quilt 101 um, also will have quilt kits too as well. And I cannot wait for you guys to see her colorway. It's amazing. I think, I don't know. I thought mine was my favorite, but I don't know. <laughs> I might like Quilt 101s. So <laughs> really yeah, Quilt 101 is doing some really awesome colorways <laughs> as well. So I'm actually going to get ready to order one of their colorways because it's just really, really pretty. But I, I love my colorways. Don't get me wrong. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> just gorgeous. So those kits are definitely available through Niche and Quilt 101. So make sure you guys grab your quilt kit. I mean, you can have use your own colorways as well, but um, we're really excited about the colorways. Yep. Good. I love having those options. I think people, especially beginners, will really appreciate having those kits available and the fabric fabric curation. And yep, yep. And I believe quote, the cool thing about Quilt One Hundred and One. Sorry to interrupt. Um, is that I think hers is already cut out and ready to go. Um, that is the one thing that is special about Quilt One Hundred and One. They do target your beginner friendly quilter, even just quilters that don't like to cut like me. <laughs> So everything's already cut out and ready to piece together. So that's even more cool about hers. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'll let you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, just to end the the interview, I and maybe this is the perfect time to ask this question since we're kind of headed into the new year, but what is everyone's kind of biggest hopes for the future of this nonprofit? My biggest hope for Color of Connection is to continue to connect, to continue to bring people together. Um, we definitely want to release another pattern at some point. We have some really big dreams. I would love to do a um, 
retreat, like an in-person retreat and not just for new people. So this would be any, you know, anyone who wants to come, obviously we can't have a thousand people, but you know, but just do like a small retreat next year. Um, So just to continue to connect, to facilitate that dialogue between us quilters and bring people together. um, That is my biggest dream for 2021. So I'm hoping we can make both of those things happen. Um, So I don't know, you guys go ahead. I, I said this to the ladies the other day. Um, I was just super excited about what's happening. But my biggest dream for this is just like I would love us to just go, you know, worldwide. Like I want to see. Like I, I, I have visions of me, Kiana, and Michelle in the back of a truck heading down um, Tanzania or some place like that, and we're. <laughs> doing and that was seriously like and we're 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 sharing this connection because you know there's a problem in not only the quilting world but in the world in general people lose sight of what's so important and it's the human connection and i want to see that change i want to see us come together as a human race and just be connected over something colorful um, so I look forward to like what's to come in 2021 for Color of Connection. I look forward to us just going and sharing, you know, our, our human spirit with everyone and um, just being encouraged by um, something as amazing as a quilt. So that's my hopes and my goals for um, 2021. And I know they're big, but I say dream big, right? Yeah, um, I think it's really easy for us to dream big. I think I think all three of us are are good dreamers. It <laughs> is. Um, I definitely want all the big things as well. I think my biggest like thing would be to see like just like really small. I guess like to see one person like in these workshops like positively impacted by learning to quilt. You know, like to bring that to somebody that wouldn't have access to a sewing machine that wouldn't have access the quality materials or tools that kind of gets that spark in their eye of like, I made this and wow, this is beautiful. You know, I think that's what's such a really cool impact that we could have. And I mean, just like with this community that I see kind of forming, um, I just feel like it is going to be such a lasting impact. Like just like a quilt that has lots of contrast and different shapes and textures has such a big impact. I think, and I believe, and we believe that the more diverse and contrasting the the quilting community, the more bigger and more beautiful impact it can leave in the world. And I'm just so excited. (laughs) Well, I think that quilters are so lucky that you three ladies found each other and you dreamt big and you started this project. And I'm wishing you guys so much success and I can't wait to see what 2021 brings you. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank we you really appreciate us. you reaching out. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Thank this you. is awesome. <laughs> hey, it's Lindsay. Wow, I'm I'm just so inspired by the mission these women started and to see where it takes them in the upcoming year. We'll link to all the resources mentioned in this show, including how you can join the quilt along in the show notes. I can't wait to follow along and see everyone's quilts and the connections made through this project. Now, before we leave today, we need your help. Our podcast is coming to our 500th episode, which is so cool. 
So our 500th episode airs on February 1st, and we're planning to do something special. Our staff will be on hand to answer all your questions. We're calling the show Ask Us Anything, and we want to hear your questions. So shoot them to us in an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We'll list the email in our show notes so you can see it. We're so looking forward to hearing from you and making this episode something extra special. Hope everyone has a great start to their new year, and we'll talk to you next week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.